Supporting middle leaders in schools. Guiding the senior leadership of tomorrow. And developing your successful career in education. This is Edgecast from NAHT Edge. Hello, welcome. It's episode 10 of Edgecast and the continuation of our chat with the new director of NAHT Edge, James Bowen, who goes deeper into the SEND and Senko reforms. Plus your all-important feedback on that topic. In news, we cover the key stories, including the new fair funding formula and scrutiny of MATs. All the episodes of the podcast are on iTunes. Do subscribe there when you get chance. So before we get to James, the news bulletin and info on the April courses, let's pick up a top tip. This month it's on developing great teaching. NAHT Edge Director James Bowen says one of the most effective ways to improve teaching is to get teachers to record and watch back examples of their own lessons. By doing this, teachers can gain huge insights into their practice and the impact they're having on pupils. Over time, you can also encourage teachers to work together and build up a bank of examples of best practice from around the school for others to learn from. Every month, a new tip to further your career. Submit yours to events at nahtedge.org.uk. It's news time now and the vital stories for teachers and middle leaders. News and information from NAHT Edge. In this bulletin, the new fair funding formula, it's time for your views, greater scrutiny of how multi-academy trusts operate and Denny consults on the new special educational needs regulations. The Department for Education has launched its much-anticipated consultation on a new national funding formula. New proposals state that every school and local area will be funded on need rather than the oddities of history. And funding will go directly to the front line, with LAs eventually playing a much smaller role in the distribution of schools' core budgets. Both NAHT and NAHT Edge have welcomed much of what's been outlined and schools will be helped to manage the transition until 2019-2020 as funding will be determined at a school level nationally but it'll be issued to LAs so local factors can still be applied before distribution. Find out more from nahtedge.org.uk slash news and views. News on multi-academy trusts now. The Education Select Committee published a report in January calling for improvements to the working relationships of regional schools commissioners, notably transparency and accountability. Follow-up work is now being done with a new inquiry into the performance, accountability and governance of MATs. Among other parameters, the committee is looking for views on the balance of decision-making at individual school level and chain level, the appropriateness of formal governance structures employed and the characteristics of high-performing MATs. NAHT and NAHT Edge welcome your views, which will go towards our formal response. Simply email policy at nahtorguk The cut-off point for the inquiry is Monday the 25th of April. And finally, Northern Ireland's government is seeking views on the draft special educational needs regulations. According to the Department of Education in Northern Ireland, the guidelines are a key element in developing a strengthened special educational needs framework and follow the Special Educational Needs and Disability Bill, which passed through the Assembly at the end of January this year. Education Minister John O'Dowd said he believes every school should have an inclusion ethos and that early and timely intervention is key. 
The consultation closes on the 16th of May this year. We'll be submitting a response representing the views of members, but you can also email an individual response to sen.inclusion at deni.gov.uk. With all the Edgecast news, I'm John Peters. Expert advice and the sharing of ideas. Edgecast. Time now to get the concluding part of our conversation with James Bowen, the director of NAHT Edge, as he examines the role of Asenko in light of the latest reforms. When you examine teacher responsibility for pupils, there appears to be some tension between Senkos and other school staff. Where do these tensions arise from? To a degree, I understand, you know, that point. And I think in some schools, and it's certainly in all schools, where there's been that slight history of teachers, you know, passing responsibility on to SENCOs, the progress that the children with special education needs and disabilities are making. Um, and the new code of practice makes it very, very clear that it's the teachers who are responsible for the progress SEN children are making, not the SENCOs. Now, the SENCOs are there to offer guidance and support and training, but they do not take accountability and responsibility for the progress of those pupils. So to an extent, that kind of shift in culture and that shift in ethos does create a little bit of pressure as as responsibility comes back to teachers from SENCOs. Um, And I think sometimes, again, not in all schools, but SENCOs tell us there is an expectation that sometimes they will have this kind of magic wand, um, that they'll be able to come into a classroom, wave their magic wand, and and solve all those problems that sometimes teachers face when meeting the needs of SEN pupils. So, yeah, there is some pressures there. Um, What I would say is I think... There really is a, a great opportunity here, though, that as SENCOs work with teachers to upskill them to develop their expertise, we can really see a positive step forward in terms of improving outcomes for SEM pupils. So, yes, there are pressures, but at the same time, a really positive opportunity to, to move things forward there. Talk us through some of the other areas where it's not working so well. I think, you know, one area really stands out here, and this is this idea of, social care and healthcare working really closely with schools. I think there was this kind of idea when the Code of Practice was being written that the group of professionals be sat around the table together, really tightly coordinating provision for these children. And what we're finding is, and what Senkos have told us through the report, is in practice it's just not really happening very often. And, and we think that's due to a really more than anything a capacity issue within health and social care. They just don't have the capacity to, to provide that level of support to schools. Another real challenge that Senko's told us about at the moment is there is a huge issue in terms of lack of access to some of those professionals that we really need access to. So educational psychologists or speech and language therapists and even some of the mental health services, we are finding it really hard and schools are finding it really hard to access those professionals and that is something that's, that's causing a real problem at the moment in schools. What kinds of things did respondents say, James, that they they needed to be able to do a good job? Overwhelmingly, one message comes through really clearly here, and and I I totally agree with it myself, because I knew as being a Senko, it's about time. Um, Time is the key word here, that as a Senko, you need that dedicated time away from your classroom responsibilities where you can focus on the role of being a Senko. That protected time where you can be the strategic lead is absolutely vital. And I think that's the one thing that came up time and time again when we were speaking to Senkos. Uh, There are other things as well in terms of they need really good levels of engagement from teachers, teachers who want to work closely with Senkos but uh, build up their expertise. 
Um, SENCOs need good support from parents and families to work in partnership with them to meet their children's needs. And also having that, that good team around you, be that your, your team of teaching assistants or even the administrative support that SENCOs need. So that, that team of support is, is really important as well. So let's headline now, James, precisely where the responsibilities are in this new role of the SENCO. I think the overarching responsibility, and the way to sum it up, is that the SENCO takes the strategic lead for SEND in their school. They're not expected to do everything. They can't lead all the interventions and be there in every classroom, but they take the strategic overview. So it's their role to make sure that the school's meeting the outline guidance in the SEN code of practice, to make sure that the school's SEN policy is being implemented on a day-to-day basis. Um, So it's really about coordinating that strategic provision across the school. Uh, And it's also about supporting teachers. You know, we talked about that shifting responsibility back to the classroom teachers. And SENCOs are there there to help the teachers and the teaching assistants to know how best to meet those pupils' needs. Um, And also there's that key role in terms of working in partnership with parents. Parents really are at the heart of these new SEM reforms. And it's often the SENCO who's that point of contact to parents as children move through the school. It's the SENCO who offers that continuity for the, the parents and children as they move right through the school. So some, some really key important responsibilities there. The, the penultimate thing I want to put to you, James, feedback from SENCOs has shown that they feel isolated and there's a, a lack of specialist support. How is NHT Edge going to, to be there for its SENCO members? I think that, that's absolutely right. You know, SENCOs told us that they did at times feel quite isolated. And I think... In some ways, you can link this, if you like, to the dwindling role of many local authorities, but there just isn't that, that, that professional support out there for SENCOs that perhaps there once was when local authorities were really thriving. So I think this is absolutely where EDGE will step in, and it's a key role for us to step in and give that support to our members. So we're talking about you know, providing access to high-quality advice and support. I think our members know that if they come to EDGE and access our resources, it's reliable, it's high quality, it's useful for them. So I think that's a, a critical role for EDGE to play. I think also we can look into, you know, continue to offering that, that more formal professional support, if you like, and the sort of the CPD offering. EDGE plays a key role here in supporting our members who can otherwise feel quite isolated in their schools. And finally then, James, where does training and CPD figure in all of this? Any major reform, with any major change, people need to feel skilled enough and need to have the knowledge to be able to implement that change. And I think that's where sort of CPD sort of fits in here, that SENCOs want to feel that they know exactly what it is they're supposed to be doing and how best they can go about doing it. And I think we need to recognise that SENCOs are some of the, the people in school who have had the highest level and the highest quality of training already. You know, many of them, in fact, nearly all of them have completed the national award for SENCOs. So they are well-trained people. But moving forward, they'll need to carry on this professional development, you know, to be really up to speed with, with the new reforms. And, and the report told us, Senkos were saying they needed a bit more guidance around areas such as the outcomes-based approach, what does that look like for them in their schools, uh, as well as the evidence-based practice that the, the, the uh, Code of Practice talks about. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis in their schools? So 
we will make sure that we're continuing to offering those professional development opportunities so Senkos can feel really confident in their role to carry on the great job they're doing already. Keep an eye out for our upcoming report on supporting Senkos, schools and children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, making the reforms work for everyone, which is due to be released on the 6th of May. April is a great time to book on to our Developing Great Teaching Conference if you're a leader in the primary sector. The Developing Great Teaching Conference is taking place in both Cardiff and London, where you'll hear from some of the leading lights in CPD and school improvement as they come together to share ideas, experience and best practice. And you can be part of it. Immerse yourself in training, networking, fringe meetings and some incisive Q&As. We've got some great speakers, including Joanna Hall, who will be giving us the inside track on Ofsted. Discover who else is speaking at the Developing Great Teaching Conference, together with the dates and venues, by going to www.oxfordprimary.co.uk slash greatteaching. Develop your career with NAHT and NAHT Edge. That is virtually all we have time for on this month's podcast. Thanks for downloading or streaming. And remember, the course we spoke of, I know part of that, the inside track on Ofsted, sounds particularly compelling and I'm sure will educate and inform. For everything you need to know about who else is speaking there, the venues, dates and times, etc., just go to our website, nahth.org.uk. Have a great month.